Blog Talk Radio. Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. With your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. There's a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the dealers coming. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. Train to Jordan Picking up passengers Coast to coast Faith is the key Over the doors and bottom Blessings, peace and blessings. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition, weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. As the gospel singer Hezekiah Walker would sing, we need you to survive. We're here on the seventh day of the 10th month of the year 2022. We say happy birth anniversary to the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Beginning all things in the name of the all-wise, true, and living God, the beneficent, the merciful, the compassionate. We thank him for intervening in the affairs of men and the person of Master W. Fad Muhammad, that he would find one and raise one in the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the eternal leader of the nation of Islam. And certainly and most indeed, we could never thank the two of them enough that double portion of the spirit for leaving with us their divine reminder. He is the criterion in human form, the exponent of excellence in the person of the honorable minister, Louis Farrakhan. As a co-host here on disaster awareness for community preparedness, brother Youssef, 
Muhammad is my name. I, I am honored, and it gives me great pleasure to greet you with the greeting words of peace and paradise. We say it in the language of our ancestors. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, sir. Thank you, Brother Rudolph. It simply means to our listening audience in English, peace be unto you, and the return greeting was unto you, be peace, which we are also taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan that when you greet one on that level and the the greeting is returned, you're actually offering a prayer to those that you greet with that particular greeting. So we greet you in peace. And it is our prayer that you and your family are at peace, realizing that, you know, none of us are without trial, none of us are without struggle. But, you know, as the minister has taught us, if you can actually go somewhere and not encounter struggle, then when you get back from where you were, please let us know where you were, because all of us are going through some level of struggle, some level of trials and tribulations. So what better way to greet one another than to greet each one with the spirit of peace and paradise? So, again, we welcome you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our first-time listeners and to our consistent and constant participants. We thank all of you for the honor of your ear and the privilege of your presence. We want to thank Black Hole Radio, LLC, for giving us this opportunity to broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. And for those who may have contacted us by phone, you can call your network, your database, and let them know. They can log on to www.blogtalkradio forward slash Black Hole Radio, whole spelled W-H-O-L-E, and go to uh DA uh CP disaster awareness for community preparedness or if you're online and you want to let your people know that they can also call in at 563-999-3089 again that's 563 Again, we welcome you, and for those who have been on this program before, many of you are subject matter experts in your own right. But those of you who just want to learn from the beginning, we want you to become your own CERT team, C-E-R-T, Community yes, Emergency Response Team, because you can call 911, but it's no guarantee what their response time is going to be because of the level of disaster that we all might be experiencing simultaneously, including the first responders and the emergency managers. Again, here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, we talk about everything from viruses to vaccines, from fire safety education to health and fitness, It's about investment, community investment, community involvement, community partnership for community risk reduction. So I just wanted to welcome you in the way that Almighty God has blessed me to share what he's given me to give with you as I segue to my more than capable 
my dear brother who has sacrificed his life that we might be here learning a little bit more today than we knew yesterday as it relates to disaster awareness for community preparedness. Let us welcome our co-host, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad. Brother Rudolph, the floor is yours, sir. Thank you, sir. Beginning all things in the in the name of God, that one who is responsible for your existence, the grand architect of the universe, the all and all, the uh, alpha and the omega. He's called. He's called the uh, the uh, all seeing, all knowing, omnipotent one. Whatever your faith practice, whatever your belief system, whatever your culture, we can agree that we all were birthed into an existence that was here before we got here. And so to that individual, that one who is responsible for getting this world stuff for us to come into, that's who we're talking about. Many different thoughts, many different teachings, many different understandings of God and who or what is and means, but those of us who believe in the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. We believe in the true and living God and call him Allah. And so no disrespect to anyone else, but again, this is what we believe. And so again, beginning in the name of the almighty true and living God, we thank him for appearing in the person of Master Farid Muhammad. We thank him for raising the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and teaching him. And we thank both of them for teaching, backing, empowering, and assisting the one that's in our midst in this dispensation of time. We call him the heavyweight champion of the world where truth, justice, and equality is concerned. We call him the, the, the grandfather of compassion for the oppressed man, black, brown, red, yellow, and the poor whites of this nation who right. have the foot of an oppressor on their neck at all times. But this man speaks for all of them, regardless to what you may have heard, none other than our brother, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So in those three great names, we greet all of you who are, who are about to come on this line, who are going to listen to this broadcast at any time. We greet you. If you are the family of Muhammad, we greet you if you are a well-wisher or supporter of Muhammad and his program. We greet you if you are a naysayer, because if you are a naysayer and you are honest about trying 
to understand and learn, we can give you the actual facts that can help you too become a believer in the truth with no comics, as we said. So, again, welcome to this week's edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, where we explore, we um, um, in, we, we, we entertain ideas where we discuss topics and ideas and we explore facts and actual facts of things that are going on as we speak and how they relate to you and I and how they affect you and I and will affect us down the wheel of time. This day, Friday, October, what's today, the 7th, right? Yes, sir. Today is October 7th. Man, you know, I'm speaking very slowly right now because my mind is racing right now. It's racing. And I want to choose my words very carefully, understanding the time and what must be done. Mm -hmm. And, again, not meaning to be offensive to anyone who may be on the broadcast, but also not willing to uh, 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 um, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not willing to um, deny the truth and not willing to uh, crucify him of flesh, as they say, because others don't believe. So, what we are going to do, if it be the will of God, in these next almost two hours, will be to inform, enlighten, and inspire you to become students of disaster. We're going to urge course and challenge you to watch the weather and when you do that then we're going to let your mind take over and take you where it may we just want to lay the tracks for the train as it comes through so that the train can keep on moving and these tracks should be taking you to a better understanding of the time and what must be done for your and my survival as we look at a world that is unraveling right before our eyes. And as it unravels, it manifests many different things. Some of these things will cause some people to just spin out of control mentally. And so we are seeing a rise in the mental health area of the world where it seems like every day 
someone is, as they say, Brother Yusuf, losing their mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching, because I work in an emergency room, in the psych department, and I'm watching the people that are coming in to the emergency room with, quote, unquote, for psychiatric consultations because they feel that they're losing a grip on what they reality. And there's so many young people now That's right. coming into the um, emergency rooms that it's almost more young people coming in than older people. And it's causing those of us that work in these facilities to constantly challenge the policies of the facilities we work at where drugs are concerned, where treatment for those who are having mental health issues, and the language that is being used because a lot of people won't come into the facility and seek the treatment that they need or the help they need because of the stigma that's placed on mental health and how it can affect their job, their livelihood, and their day-to-day interactions with others. So, again, Brother Yusuf, um, I'm going to turn it back over to you after I say this. Um, If it be the will of God today on this show, we will have a brother calling in to speak to us about insurance today in a very real way. Now, the hurricanes have torn up Florida once again, but we see this every year. It's still hurricane season, and there are still some more hurricanes to come. And so there will be more tropical storms. There will be more tropical depressions. There will be more hurricanes, tornadoes, and other weather-related emergencies. There will be man-made emergencies, natural disasters, and technological situations that will manifest themselves that will um, test your and my resolve to be here And it will show us and it will exploit the weaknesses in our own plans. And if we are allowed to remain alive after the situation, it will either be a disaster for us, meaning that the circumstance overwhelms our resources and our ability to deal with it, or it will be a situation that has arisen that we can deal with because in that respect, we have been properly prepared and have prepared ourselves. And so we pass. One of the two will be true as we go along. Time will be the um, factor that will bring about the reality. So, Brother Yusuf, I'll turn it back over to you, and it, it, I guess you will you have a FEMA bulletin ready for us this week or some um, um, 
news from that arena that can better assist the listeners in understanding what, or as Marvin Gaye said, what's going on? Brother Yusuf. <laughs> yes, sir, Brother Rudolph. Well, Brother, you said so much that, that had my mind thinking what I could share with our listening audience. And the first thing I would share is this, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, that disaster awareness for community preparedness is like education and spirituality itself. And what do I mean by that? It's degree by degree. And we're talking about the solution. It's easy for me and Brother Rudolph to say, consider the six P's that the military talks about, proper, prior, planning, preventing, poor, performance. It's easy for us to say that. Uh, It's more than a cliche to us. You know, it's been tried, it's been tested, and found to be true as it relates to disaster awareness for community preparedness. However, the reason we start with giving honor to the Most High God is because we realize that the next catastrophe, calamity, or disaster that comes our way, we might not have prepared for. We might not have read in the book of remedies this next one that comes our way. In other words, Brother Rudolph oftentimes uses this analogy, and we thank our dear brother, Brother Student Minister Abdul Hafiz Muhammad. May Allah be pleased with him. But he always used to ask those who attended uh, the mosque afterwards, whether it was the believers meeting or just people in general, he would ask, well, do you have any food in your refrigerator? Because the reality is, if you do not have any food in your refrigerator or your pantry or your cupboard, that's a disaster. That's That's a calamity, right, on different levels. So he might ask this question. Do you have a toothache? Well, if you don't have dental insurance, you don't have the remedy by which to stop your tooth and your mouth from aching, That's disaster on another level. That's right. So it's degree by degree, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. Don't get it twisted. Again, we're all going through something. So what's in the news? I can give you the FEMA report, but why do we touch base and tap in to the creator of our existence that we might know our purpose and our function on this planet? as it relates to our objective, disaster awareness for community preparedness. Now, you might or might not consider this a disaster, but check this out. President of the United States, Joseph Biden, announced yesterday all pardons for federal offenses for the simple possession of marijuana. There are thousands of people convicted of marijuana possession who may be denied employment, housing, or educational opportunities as a result of that conviction, as if we didn't know that. How many of us in our family have people doing time for a nickel bag or less? Right. Yes, sir. President Biden went on to say 
and they, they, they're legalizing it at this time for a reason, brothers and sisters. But we want you to think about it. My pardon, President Biden went on to say, will remove this burden on them. He emphasized, see, federal offenses. But then he went on to say he called on all governors to do the same. For most of these type of convictions occur on a state level, as if we didn't know it. Well, brothers and sisters, again, looking deeper into why he's doing what he's doing, we call it situational awareness. You got to know what to do, when to do, where to do, how to do. And why is this a particular time, as Brother Rudolph says, so you know the time and what must be done. And this is in addition to whether or not you got food in your refrigerator or you have a toothache or you ever, you ever get your, 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 your pinky finger or your, your, your pinky toe slammed on. Ooh. That's disaster on another, another level. That's like, okay, that's dealing for self ASAP. That's like, you can't call nobody for that. You're going to call for help, but whether or not they come, you got to know what to do with that thing. You got to first call on the God. What's going on? <laughs> Even if you don't believe in God, if you ever been on an airplane and turbulence starts happening, who are you calling on? <laughs> yes, sir. They already tell you. Yeah, they already tell you. If, if if something like that occurs, you make sure you put your own face mask on first, your breathing apparatus first before you consider thinking about others. So, again, my point is disaster as well as disaster preparedness is degree by degree. Now let's go back to the world stage with this war, conflict, whatever you call it, between Russia and Ukraine that's been going on quite a while now since February, right? So it's March, April, May, June, July, August, September. We're in October, eight months. But guess what? Putin is now threatening to detonate something in the nuclear zone in Ukraine. That's disaster on another. I know what you're saying. You're saying, like, that's on the other side of the planet. That's not going to impact me in New York or (laughs) Detroit or Norfolk, Virginia, or wherever you might be in the 2,000 by 3,000 of the continental United States. But guess what? If something like that occurs over there, you know winds blow, right? You know you do know winds blow. <laughs> yes, sir. That's right. I, I I rest my case. So the same President Biden said yesterday at another event that the threat of radiation disaster in the nuclear zone over in that region of the world, he said it's a threat of Armageddon. Wow. He used the biblical term, politician, Armageddon. Wow. Armies gathered together for the doom, as the most honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us. So the point is this. Their, what do you call it? Nuclear weapons, biological weapons, tactical weapons, warfare. Yes, sir. That you might think is going on on the other side of the planet, but the winds blow. 
brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. So now, let's bring it closer to home. Last week, we were talking about the forces of nature that hit Florida. So they're saying the death toll right now is 131, the second largest natural disaster like that hurricane, just short of uh, what took place at Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. Right. But the people who do the, the studies, the demographers are saying that Florida was impacted that will cost $70 billion that destroyed the property of customers, businesses, and whatnot, homes and whatnot, $70 billion. Now, where's that money coming from? That's disaster on another level. Yes, There's 2.1 million customers. Their in- energy was restored in Florida, still 100,000 without power in Florida. So consider something like that impacting where you live. That eight days later, you're without power. You might be one of the 100,000 customers without power. Then let's go to Puerto Rico when the forces of nature hit them over two weeks ago, where 8,000 homes and businesses. As a matter of fact, the whole country lost power. Right. That was two weeks ago after the grid was destroyed and only a few of them have power now. So it's degree by degree. I can give you a public service announcement coming out of FEMA, but what about you preparing yourself properly? Because we're telling you the time and what must be done, and we'll also tell you what to do if you're willing to take one step toward it Others will come around because they're saying you try, you know, my father used to say the life you save may be your own. Yes, sir. Let's go, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. And lastly, Brother Rudolph was 100% right about the rise. Yeah, it's a buzzword in the media now, mental health, people losing their minds. But Brother Rudolph has his boots on the ground. He can testify what he sees on a daily basis. But again, by it being the most honorable Elijah Muhammad's birthday, I'd be less than who I am as a human being if I didn't say. You know, in the scripture, when you talk about the interpretation of scripture, when it says we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. In iniquity. Yes, sir. No wonder we're losing our minds today. Because the world we were born in, we, 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 you know, we just aren't being taught by this this world that Satan controls. That it's a trick bag, brothers and sisters, when not forced, but you think it's all right to teach your children to watch cartoons where animals talk English. Right, right. Brother Rudolph said the language is important. Animals don't talk English. Let's stop teaching our children that. It's not all right for them to teach us to teach them by way of cartoons that animals speak English. They do not. We know that. And then let's go on the back end. We're talking about when when, when our children are born, how we mold and shape them. It's like we're on automatic pilot right to the other end of our lifespan when we die. 
This world teaches you you going to heaven. Where where is that? Because nobody ever came back to tell us it was, um, Brother Rudolph, you know I can't help myself, and I'm going to get off of it. But when I was in the church, in the choir, they used to sing this song, and it says, when I get to heaven as I've been told. I got to say told by who? When I get to heaven as I've been told, the gates are pearly and the streets are gold. And the streets are gold. That's the same <laughs> trick bag. That's the tra- same spookology and tricknology. It's no wonder our children have mental health issues because, right. unfortunately, too many of us have taught this spookology and tricknology as we were taught it, and we don't realize that somebody came to bust it all up. Word to the wise sufficient, as Brother Rudolph said, you don't have to believe it, but you'll never be able to tell us. We didn't tell you so. Disaster on so many levels. Brother Rudolph, I'll never forget, brother, when I had you and Brother Forrest flanking me in the ranks, and we drilling, and somewhere in the <laughs> chant, the D.I. said, Reverend, Reverend, tell no lies. There ain't no heaven in the sky. <laughs> Elijah Muhammad taught us well that a white man's heaven is a black man's hell because we thinking you got to die to go get the pearly gates and the streets paved with gold. Stop it. That's disaster. So anyway, disaster's on different levels, brothers and sisters. So, okay, President Biden and FEMA, they came out with a memo today that says FEMA expands footprint in Florida communities provides more funding for survivors. There's here that more than $90 million of federal disaster assistance has gone to Hurricane Ian survivors since the federal disaster declaration. Assistance helps them with temporary housing, essential home repairs, and other uninsured, underinsured, disaster-related losses so they can jumpstart their recovery. That's why we're so glad to have Brother William on today if he comes on, inshallah, Lord willing, to talk about supplemental insurance because all of these things are critical, whether you're talking about the residents in Florida or wherever you are listening to uh, today's um, broadcast. And there are a couple of bullet points here that FEMA's talking about. They will pay the hotel and motel costs eligible for eligible survivors from counties hit hardest by the hurricane. Hundreds of disaster survival assistance specialists are going door-to-door in Florida to help survivors apply assistance. Earlier this week, FEMA, which stands for Federal Emergency management agency, by the way, for those who may not know, and its state partners begin operating three disaster recovery centers across the state. Two more centers, they say, will open today. Over 700 FEMA inspectors are going in the field. Flood insurance issued policyholders may receive up to $1,000 You know, you can go to, brothers and sisters, if it be your desire, 
uh, ready.com and look at the FEMA Office of External Affairs, and then you can go into the particulars yourself. We pray that it's helpful for those who may need this assistance. And let us know if you're having problems because, again, we want to make sure that they know why you're not getting the assistance that they're putting on their communique that they're saying they're issuing out to certain residents. And you know, being in America, certain residents get certain perks, if you will, that others don't get. So let us know, brothers and sisters, after you go and, you know, look into whether or not this is helpful for you and to you. So we are at 4.37 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. And at this point, Brother Rudolph, I'll hand it back to you, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Brother Yusuf. Thank you. You brought up some excellent points. I'm going to hold my point on this because we have Brother Allah on the line who is boots on the ground in the state of Florida who is a disaster relief worker who is actually out there helping with the rescue, response, and recovery in Florida. And we want to hear from him what he's seeing before I go into some of the things that you triggered in my mind that you were speaking, Brother Houston. So, Brother Allah, are you on the line? Salam alaikum. Can you hear me? Walaikum salam, sir. Yes, sir. We hear you. We hear yes. you. Okay. What part of Florida are you in today? So at the moment, I'm in Fort Myers right now. Uh, my team is getting a little bit of downtime. Normally, okay. we're in the we're in the uh, we're in the Lee County area, and we're doing nine one one transports, and also we they've uh, set up a field hospital. The Department of Health and Human Services has set up a DMAT field hospital in a parking lot, and we are transferring all of the 911 calls from there to the major hospitals outside because they lost, in that county, they lost five hospitals, and they're all offline. Wow. Okay. So I let me I have a ten man strike um, team and we're ten ten ambulance strike team and we're just uh moving and grooving. All right, let me let me ask this because we need to paint a picture as they say for the listeners. And thank you for the pictures, brother. Um I'm saying yes, yes, brother sir. brother Yusuf and brother Forrest, um check check your messages. I just forwarded some pictures to you that brother Allah is sending to me. Okay, um, he's in Fort Myers right now, which was the hardest hit by Ian. My son, my oldest son, little Rudy, uh, y'all, lives in Fort Myers. He took his wife and his children to Ocala, to her father's home, but he chose to ride it out at Myers. So he was a witness to uh, certain things in he was bringing me up to date as long as uh, before the power went down, power grid went, telling me what he was seeing, what he was noticing, what was actually going on. And what he said was, one of the things he told me was, the day before, 
before everything hit at about 2 p.m., uh, Fort Myers went into a state of emergency, and the, the city of Fort Myers yes, was shut down completely. They stopped the bus service. Businesses were closed. So the employees could get where they needed to get. Um, so imagine now you're in a city where there's no gas station is open. Uh, and, and again, now, Brother Yusuf, Brother Forrest, we're from New York, okay? Can you imagine? I mean, even with Superstorm Sandy, even with the uh, blizzards of 1990, what was that, 96, and the blizzards in the 70s, there was always a bodega open somewhere. There was mm-hmm. all you just had to tread, dredge through the snow to get to it, but there was always a bodega open. This city, nothing was open. The malls yes, were closed, gas stations closed, um, uh, uh, restaurants closed, everything. Well, so, brother, you, as a matter of fact, it's on curfew down here. It's curfew. You you can't, unless you're an emergency responder or someone who works in a hospital, you are not going to be out in the street past, I don't know what the time is now, but it was 6 o'clock, then it went to 8 o'clock. They may have moved it to 10, but there was a curfew in force, so nothing was going to be open or moving anyway. So, because it, they don't they don't have any power, so you can make a left turn or a right turn on the wrong street and run into six feet of water, of still standing water. There are areas that are still flooding where it might be two feet today and four feet tomorrow, six feet. It's still actively flooding from some of the sewer systems and the pump systems that they have inside the lakes and some of the reservoirs and the, 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 uh, the, the drainage ditches. It's causing backflow and what, may not have been flooded yesterday, may be flooded today. So the flooding mm-hmm. is still a realistic issue, and power lines being down is still a realistic issue. Hello. Um, I'm sorry. Yes, sir. Excuse me for cutting you off. My son is on the line. Little Rudy just called in. Ho- yes, hold on. Uh, Rudy, you on the line? Yeah. Okay. You're on the air live, and I'm saying this again. You're on the air live on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. The airwaves are open. Everybody's listening. Uh, um, who um, them people that monitor the airwaves? The FAA? Yeah, they're listening too. So choose your words very carefully. Okay. <laughs> all, right. Uh, uh, all right. And I have to put this disclaimer out. The views and statements that you're about to hear are not necessarily the views and statements of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. They are of Rudy himself, and uh, I'm just putting that disclaimer out there. It's my son we're talking about, so you know the apple don't fall too far from the tree. All right, so now, um, you live in Fort Myers, correct? Yes. Okay. You chose to ride this storm out in Fort Myers, but you weren't by yourself. Did a lot. Did, were there other people who stayed in Fort Myers? Um, my whole neighborhood stayed in Fort Myers. Okay, he said 
his whole neighborhood. Now, we were talking about disasters early and disasters being relative. And see, when you talk about disaster preparedness, again, to a certain segment of society, disasters are relative to everybody. It's how you view them. But some people, we don't have summer homes that we can pack up and go to. Some yeah, people, to Some people don't have the luxury of, getting the whole family together, buying plane tickets and going to another state and ride and staying with relatives. Some people have to just batten down the hatches, as they say, and just ride this thing out. So he, his whole neighborhood, he said, rode this storm out. All right, so tell us some of the things that you witnessed, you know, and like a timeline, what, like the day before, the day of, a uh, couple of hours into it, how long did the storm just sit over you guys? Because I remember you said something to me about that was the longest seven hours or something in your life. Yeah. All right, so yeah. talk to the people. Yeah, so I guess, let me see. Wednesday. No, 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 Tuesday. No, 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 Wednesday. Yeah, the Wednesday is when it actually hit. It just started off with a light rain all day long. It didn't rain as much. It wasn't pouring rain. It was a it was a drizzle, but the winds were definitely there all day. Me personally, I actually walked through it a little bit to get to my my kids, and the wind was just it was picking up as I was walking, so I had to hurry up and get there. But once once it actually came, it was over. The rain wasn't the problem so much. Like I said, it was a it was just a drizzle throughout. But the winds was taking everything. Everything. There were boats. <laughs> boats moved from, from docks onto people's houses. Trees, cars, trucks flipped over. And I mean big tractor trucks flipped over from the wind, power lines down, all of that. It was like it came on the eye, came over Fort Myers and just sat there. Sat there for hours and didn't let up at all. Wow. Wow. So now, okay, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to put you on the spot. How prepared was your family to ride that out? Um. I guess we was pretty prepared, you know. How, that's a good question. We were prepared, I would say. Like, the mo- we lost power. We didn't lose water, thank God. But we lost power, you know. We have flashlights, stuff like that, food. We, Some other people, though, had it way worse. Like, when you lose power in certain areas down here, like Lehigh or whatever, like that go by well water. So when you lose power, you're losing water. So it's, it, it, it really depends on where you are. That determines how you have to prepare, how intense you have to prepare or not. Like if you live in a, a complex, chances are structural damage to your home is going to be minimal. But if you're in a, like a, a secluded house, then you really got to, you know, hunker down with the with the boards over the windows, sandbags, everything like that. But us personally, we were pretty good. A couple of our neighbors around us, we all we all good. 
cool. What was it like, like, all right, le- again, leading up to the storm, because you work in Fort Myers, too. So when did your job shut down so that y'all could make it home? Oh, see, my job, see, I worked at an essential store for hurricanes. I worked at Target, so we didn't close. Walmart and everything, they actually closed at, like, 12 o'clock, 11 a.m., 12 p.m. My store didn't close till 6 p.m. Wow. So the employees were still there while the hurricane was actually hit. No, no, not yet. This is when the, the just the, before the hurricane. This was oh, like okay. Tuesday. Okay. The day of the hurricane, Wednesday, there's nothing open, nothing. The day of the hurricane, there was nothing open. So if you didn't get it that Tuesday, in the little hours you have, you just was going to go without it. Okay. All right. So, again, family listeners, the, the city shut down. Yeah. And, again, for us New Yorkers, we can't imagine that because even in New York where there's a curfew and everything shut down, you can still find a bodega somewhere open. You just have to get to it. Yeah, there's none of that. You're not finding anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then the power, the power for us, it went out. The power for us went out before 8 o'clock. Okay. On Wednesday, Wednesday night before 8 o'clock. I would say before 7 o'clock. So now power's out. So you have no electrical power. Now, again, listen to this, family. So that means if you have an electric stove, no stove. Uh, that's that's so all there is. There is yeah. no gas stoves. Oh, okay, so no stove, no cooking. Uh, oh, hold on. No microwaves either, so no oogles and noodles, people. No oogles <laughs> and noodles. Okay? All right, all right. So, <laughs> so now what else don't you have? He said some communities uh, have well water. Well, how is that water going to get from the well into your house if there's no power? If you're out there trying to pump gas, get gas for your vehicle, no power, no way to get that gas out of the gas tanks underground to come through to get into your vehicle. So no no, no, no fuel. So uh, uh, is everybody getting the picture? Are you understanding how devastating this could be now and then depending on what the temperature is that means no heat either now no heat either and we're talking about florida now people are you they're not used to the uh 30 and 40 degree temperatures okay so all right so now how now so now you say like the storm is over you now and it's going on so y'all are hunkered down in the house, what are you hearing outside? Everything that's flying around. <laughs> you hear the wind. See, our house is older too, so we got old wood. It really sounded like the end of the world out there. But you can hear, like you know, uh, foyers and all everybody's um, front porches just being taken up and down the block. You can literally hear everything that the wind is taking as it's going down the block, smashing into the houses. Wow. Roaring. So how do you keep the younger children, how did y'all keep them occupied so that they didn't get so scared 
that they're hysterical. Scared. This is real life. This is not a movie. These kids, they were not scared. <laughs> I know mine wasn't. <laughs> My son wanted to go outside. He's like, oh, look. Like, wow. Look. All right. So, all right. So now, storm is over. Storm is past. A couple of days passed. So now you go outside. And you, you take a look around so to see what you see. What do you see? Well, it depends how many days we're talking because the day after, if you can move, then you're good. There are a lot of places there was no movement. You can't move anywhere. There's nowhere for you to go. Certain people, like in Sanibel Island, stuck on an island, bridge collapse. No way off. Need a boat. And you said boats were actually moved from the docks where they were and blown into land. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, me, the, the Fort Myers, is like you got downtown Fort Myers, Fort Myers Beach, all of that is surrounded by docks. So when them winds hit, all of those boats is now on land, smashing up whoever lives right on the coast. Their houses are all gone. You live right there on the beach by the water, your house is gone. Okay. So now where you live at your area in Fort Myers, have you guys seen um relief workers coming through, knocking on doors and t- advising you guys of of where you can go to get resources, who you can contact to get relief uh, applications, to get uh, you know, stuff like that? Have you seen that? As far as people coming around telling yeah. no, no, not at all. But um, it's a social media world. Everyone is word to mouth, so it gets out there. You know, most people, they, they send out alerts. That's what our city was doing. It would send out alerts, nonstop alerts. They'll send out alerts for when it's time to get off the streets, when it's safe to go back on the streets. As far as people walking around showing you where you need to go, yeah, that's it doesn't really happen. You, okay, you, you now, hear it. Uh, you hear. Okay, hold on. All right, family, so I want to all right, imagine this now. Okay, so now he's saying in his community where he was, there ain't nobody walking around knocking on doors with a clipboard saying, hi, I'm from the Red Cross, I'm from FEMA, and do you have damage in your home? Uh, how many people in your home? Um, contact this number here so that you can get uh, this check or this card with money on it so you can go get funds. Yet we're hearing how much money is being released or supplied or sent into the area for people so that they could get access to this money so that they could do what they need to do to relive. So are you seeing the disparity here and catching the lie? Because, Mm -hmm. again, think about where you live at. If there was a fire in your area, have you ever seen a Red Cross truck in your community? And if you have, how many times? As opposed to seeing what's on the news that in certain communities, every time there's a fire, a flood, a power outage or something, that Red Cross truck is there. Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. To whom do we have the pleasure of speaking with, and how may we be of service to you? As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. Wa alaykum salam, sir. This is Brother Seven Truth Allah. 
And uh, <laughs> I was just going to listen, but I'm glad that you all went in depth with uh, what was going on down there in Florida. And I send a prayer to all my brothers and sisters down there that definitely had to endure something that they probably never experienced before. And hopefully Allah continues to bless you all with being able to overcome any difficulties you way. But I wanted to ask those on the ground, there's a report that the governor is refusing National Guard help from other states, Tennessee, New Jersey, or Alabama, some of the states that their governors have called in and said, we want to send in the National Guard from our states to help. And Governor DeSantis is refusing such help. What impact does that have? And is that what is being told to the people that may not have um, power or services of you know, social media or anything, do they know that that is going on? Mm, that's a good question, Brother Seven so, Truth. Allah, that's a good question. Allah, are you on the line? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, can, can you speak that, to that? That's, that's a multiple pronged situation that he's speaking of. I didn't hear that report. But I, it, 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 it's reflective of some of the things that I'm experiencing here on the ground. Okay. Yes, sir. So what's happening here on the ground is the governor has, we have, my, my organization alone has up to 300 ambulances here on the grounds in Florida. The governor's not allocating the vehicles and the equipment on the grounds to where they need to be We're here okay. He's not utilizing everyone The way that they should be used okay. We have We have we have over 60 vehicles Sitting in the parking lot Doing absolutely nothing Because they're not being distributed properly They could be putting the help Where the hurt is But they're not being distributed properly We okay. have people that have been Sitting in the parking lot For over a week have not moved, just sitting, idling, parking, drive, not driving anywhere. We have vehicles sitting in Orlando. We have people sitting in Orlando not doing anything because they're waiting for orders to go into areas to go in and do work. We have National Guardsmen who are pulling out because the governor and the cities and the towns are saying, well, we so – what he's saying is it, it seems consistent to what's, what's going on here in the ground. The reason why I'm still here is because I work with FEMA, and FEMA basically pushed the button on this before the governor did. I already sent out 80 ambulances to Florida prior to the governor even activating the state of emergency. We already have vehicle. FEMA activated these vehicles before the governor said, I need help. I saw the press conference when he said I need help. We were already we already had vehicles four hours away from Orlando that left Georgia hmm. that morning. He wow. he and even though we're here to help, we're not always come by the municipalities yeah. because right. they feel like 
they feel like, oh, you come in here to take our jobs, or we got this. We don't need your help. We could come with 100 ambulances and pull up to a scene where there's a whole community that's floating in front of us, and they'll say, we got this. Y'all just stand over there. Mm. This is yeah. actual fact. We've, I've pulled up with my strike team, and I've asked people for help. Hey, you need help? We got, I got 10 ambulances here. What do you need help with? They'll say, we got this. Go wait over there. And then at the end, they might say, well, this lady needs to go to a shelter. Can you drop her off at the shelter? I, I mean, this is an ambulance. You, got, you can give her a police car ride over to the shelter. We, yeah. can, we, can use, yeah. we can utilize these 10 ambulances for something else. But that's been the case over and over again um, with, with us. We have, I'm in Fort Myers now. We have 60-something ambulances. We're actually running the 911 in Fort Myers. But the, like I said, if the, if the help ain't getting where the hurt is, it's not, our, it's not because of the help is not there. Mm. Okay. In your community where you live at, what's the situation? Is there um, looting going on? Is there civil unrest? Is there a need for police presence or, or National Guard or something like that? Are there people who need ambulances and stuff so, there at, to get to hospitals? What? I'm, okay, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, oh. oh, go ahead, brother. Okay. Well, I live in the hood, so yes. <laughs> yes, there is looting, of course. There's always looting because they have there's attempt looting. Right All now, right, hold on, Ruby. Hold on, Ruby. Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. To whom do we have the pleasure of speaking with, and how may we be of service to you? Man, it's Brother Gazi. Y'all already been in service to me, big brother. Uh, brother Gazi, hold on, Brother Gazi, please, hold on. Hold on, we just finished getting this report from uh, Florida, and then we coming right to you. We coming right to you. Can you hold on for a minute? Yes, sir. All right, thank you. All right, go ahead, Ruby. Yeah, you know, there's always a looting right after. There was some gas stations, family dollars, dollar generals that got looted. But as far as that goes, they, they, they have us on a... A fake curfew right now. So it's a, it's a nine o'clock curfew, which doesn't make sense because like there's a couple of bars and stuff that's open now. They're open till twelve, I guess. Stuff like that. All right. So what happens if you get caught at the curfew? What do they do? Nothing. They tell you to go home. Okay. All right. But you the thing about it is, yeah, no, no, brother. Brother Yusuf, do you have questions for for any of them? No, I think your your questions were were right on, Brother Rudolph. I'm just so happy to hear Brother Rudy's voice, brother, and pray that your family is doing well, all things considered. I want to thank you, brother, for giving us the update of the landscape as you were answering, you know, your father's questions. And uh, you know what, what... what we heard, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, there is in certain neighborhoods looting going on, and even though there's a curfew, there may be some civil unrest. These are the things that you have to expect post-disaster where you live, not to mention the 
governmental bureaucracy that we heard from Brother Allah, what he's dealing with, with you know, where he's stationed and the ambulances. So I, I, I thank uh, Brother Seven Truth Allah for calling and, and, and raising that question because it gives us, as you said, Brother Rudolph, a beautiful picture, a comprehensive picture of what is going on in real time, you know, real talking in real time a week later. And so, um, again, Brother Rudy, thank you, thank you, thank you, Brother Allah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, both Brother Allahs. And as I listened to uh, Brother Rudy, you know, the first thing that came to my mind, Big Brother, was that when disaster strikes, and your father and I oftentimes bring this up, you know, there's a psychological impact on both the victims, the first responders, and the emergency managers, you know, each one a different in one sense, but in another sense, all three kind of overlap each other because you're concerned about the safety of not only yourself, but more importantly, you're thinking about your family at the same time. So I'm glad, you know, you didn't lose the power that others lost. I'm glad you had some preparation. And this is all we try to convey here on Disaster Awareness for community preparedness. So thanks to all who called in relative to live and in living color there from Fort Myers. And one other thing, Brother Allah, who's doing the uh, first responding there, what came to my mind too, and they just ran a report on the Weather Channel about how many hospitals become vulnerable after a disaster like that where they also get flooded. They also, even though they might have auxiliary generators, may lose power at times. So these are just the things that we need to consider, uh, brothers and sisters. I, I thank all three brothers for calling in and bringing us up to date. And I thank uh, our dear brother Ghazi, who will be joining us in this second hour of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness Uh to give us an update of the landscape of what's going on there with uh, the Ready Expo. So thank you, Brother Rudolph, for those great questions because you brought out a lot. You brought out a lot from the brothers who who called in and had questions and, more importantly, gave us answers of where they are. So thank you, Brother yes, Rudolph. Sir. Brother Rudy, um, any last words? Because um, I know you need to get back to work. Any advice? you can give to people, again, as one who rode this storm out, any advice you can give to people as to where preparedness, being prepared is concerned, and this whole disaster preparedness thing that, that, you know, we talk about on a regular basis, any advice you have for them, first of all? Rudy? Yeah, yeah. So this is Florida, and it's like, you know, I'm from New York, so it's like us, we know what to do when it's time for the snow to come. And that's pretty much how it is. Everyone down here, they know when a hurricane comes. In all reality, the, the, the neighborhoods actually change. So the people that would never speak to each other, the, the communities really come together after the hurricane. Mm-hmm. Everyone, mm-hmm. everyone does a little bit here, a little bit there. They all bring it together. 
like the um the complex I'm in, lights go out, everybody's outside on the grill together, everybody's at the fire pit together. In a way, these sort of things, it really does bring the neighborhood together. And it's crazy that it takes a disaster for it to happen, but it does. People actually help each other. And when everything goes back to normal, everyone goes back to, you know, ignoring each other. Right. All right. Well, listen, um, I sent you, I'm going to send you a large number. Make sure you reach out to your uncle because he's there. And um, y'all too, uh, make sure y'all get, get into the communication after the show. And whatever you need, that's what your uncle is there for. Use it. Uh, but thank you. Um, may Allah bless you and your family. And we'll talk a little later. Uh, uh, well, the seventh truth, Allah, you're, uh, you drive trucks, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, how has this impacted you? Well, actually, brother, the only impact that I've gotten is the hearing of the news of what's going on because your brother right now is up here in the Purple State, French State of Minnesota. <laughs> so things oh, like that. He hiding out up north. Listen to him. <laughs> he hiding out up north. Uh, yes, I've been up here for a couple of, couple of years, but. Nevertheless, I did reach out and make phone calls. You know, and you can sit around and wait for it to hit on your Facebook with people that don't have power. But sometimes you got to make sure, as our brothers and sisters are in those areas, you got to reach out and call to make sure you hear their voice and know that they're all right. They're you know doing what is needed to be done, and that they're not suffering just catastrophic uh, problems as far as going through those things. So I've been, I'm not in the zone, but if I had been, especially driving big trucks, brother, park, no load, I don't care what it is, is not worth my life trying to get it delivered or picked up and something like that that goes on. So uh, yeah, it does uh, rain some truth when he said there's big trucks blown around, knocked over. Man, that, you know, that, that ends your day right there. You know, hopefully it doesn't end your life. But um, now, here's a question I'm glad you did come back to me. I'm glad you did come back to me because I wanted to ask. Yes. I wanted to ask um, the brother that's down there. When power goes out, and me and my wife are thinking on making sure that if any disaster strikes us, wherever we are on this planet, generators, what would be a suggestion as far as a generator? Well, that all depends on your lifestyle. If you have a house, then yeah, sure, get a generator, but if you don't have a house, kind of. Not something that you're really gonna have. And we go with generators. People still go with things, so you gotta watch out. Yeah. 
Okay, so if you if you a homeowner, then a generator is a a, a uh, it's almost a necessary thing to have. But like you said, if you're living in a complex or an apartment building or something like that, a generator may not be um, a a, um, a a reality for you because where would you keep it? And then when you did try and use it. How could you secure it, protect it, and how would that work? Because you can't fire up the generator inside your house. You And if you took it outside to fire it up, now you just let the whole neighborhood know you got a generator, so how do you protect it? So, yeah, that brings on its own plethora of uh, situations to deal with. Thank you. But, Brother, tell the truth. This is the question I wanted to ask since you're a truck driver. A situation yes, like sir. this is coming up. You know that it's coming because you're, you know, you're keeping abreast of, of the day. What do you do now? You're in your rig. You have a shipment, a load, because you haven't made it to your um, destination now. What do you do? Okay. In the case of me picking up the load, one, I'm a company driver. So if I, I, I do drive for a very, very decent company, but um, if they decide you got time to go pick this up, and I'm knowing that intending such disaster such as that is on its way, um, you can find another driver because I'm shut down. Now, Coming from Detroit, I know how to drive in the snow. <laughs> okay, that's what he manufactures winter. However, even up here in Minnesota, if I got to drop down to driving 25 miles an hour down the freeway to get where I'm going, that's my limit. If that, I'm going across the, you know, the lanes and, you know, I can't see the, the lane and, you know, it's just too bad. Shut it down. Now, I heard earlier the brother said that porches are being blown down the street. Trucks are being blown over. That's not 55 miles an hour, 45 miles an hour wind. When it gets above that, shut it down. Find you a safe location and stay there until you can move. As a truck driver. If I already picked the load up, oh, and if I already picked the load up, I'm calling in, I'm shutting it down. That's it. This load will get there when it does, but I'm shut down. My life is way more important than any load out there. Okay. Yes, sir. And so, all right. Thank you, brother. I, I want to get, uh, get that out there. Thank you very much for that. Um, Brother Rudolph? Get, yes, sir. Brother Rudolph, this is Brother Allah. Uh, to add on to what Brother Seven was saying is we, when, we, when, I, when I drive through some of these hurricanes and some of these things like that, what we usually do is we pull off the road, we'll get some sandbags, and we'll weigh the truck down. We'll tie straps to them garbage cans full of sand and, 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 and hold the truck down 
so that the truck doesn't rock over. Um, there's places in certain towns that I've driven through where trucks are laying on their side, trucks are laying upside down, trailers are upside down on the ground. So that was some that, there was some real wind at play, and I'm not saying regular empty trailers. I mean refrigerator trailers are laying on their side in some parts of yes, Lee sir. County that I've been in. But you want to weight down your truck so that the wind doesn't lift it up and push it over. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, brother. So uh, any last closing words or statements? Or you want to stay on the line because we got Brother Ghazi on the line, brother. We got Brother Ghazi on right now. Okay. So stay, uh, if you can, Brother Allah, stay on. Um, all right, Brother Ghazi. Yes, sir. I'm you on are... Okay. Family, this is uh, Brother Ghazi Muhammad, and he's one of the conveners, founders, uh, uh, a brainstormer uh, uh, giving birth to this um, um, reality now, not a dream, a reality. And this is me talking. This isn't Brother Ghazi saying this and his team. I'm saying that. The Black Preppers Academy is open. The Black Preppers Academy is open, and it is in Villarica, Georgia. And today is is day one, okay? And he's going to speak about what's going on today, but I know that I spoke to he and brother Bar- our brother Barry yesterday, and brother Barry was there with him, and they were doing – you know, doing some, uh, putting some finishing touches on um, some setups and stuff that needed to be done. So, Brother Gazi, uh, come on and give us uh, an update on what's going on in Villarica, Georgia right now. Man, assalamu alaikum, big brother. Wa alaikum salam, sir. How are you in the family? Man, I appreciate it. Man, we good, we good. I, 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 I'm not going to be on too long, but man, I, I got my hands full. But, 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 but I did want to call in because, man, we have an amazing time. Man, we've had all kind of workshops here today. Um, and, and today we knew Friday was going to be kind of light. Um, Saturday and Sunday right. was really going to be heavy days. But today we've had um, guys training on hunting, survival. Um, Brother Patrick did horses and animal husbandry. Brother Rappers here with the solar generators. Uh, we had a guy teaching how to, a blacksmith teaching how to make weapons out of almost nothing. Hakeem from, from the movie uh, who was on Naked and Afraid, known as the Black MacGyver, he did an excellent keynote uh, earlier that was very well attended. And we've been blessed to have people from California to New York and all in between that have come down here to um, Georgia area to be a part of this expo. Uh, we already have, like, hundreds of people already registered and Chicken City coming in. It, it just it, It's an amazing food truck, bouncy house for the children, sister teaching canning classes, that are very well attended, financial literacy classes. It's just an amazing experience, big brother. Man, man, that's, that, that's beautiful, Brother Gazi. And, again, for people who don't understand what he's talking about, a brother like myself, brother like Brother uh, Yusuf, Brother Barry Crumbly, Brother Aton Edwards, who we've been ta- doing this disaster preparedness thing for the last 30 years almost, this is the first um, concerted, organized effort 
of a group of people to put on a, a an academy, and I use that word specifically, an academy. This is not just a workshop. This is an academy where you can walk in knowing nothing, and by the time you leave, you have graduated to a certain level of expertise in certain areas, and they have so many classes going on at one time, it's really hard to do more than one thing. So it forces you to focus on one or two areas and get all you can get there. So, uh, Brother Gazi, so give the people the information on how they can find, find you, um, where they can reach you online, what they could still do to help you, um, because there's still two more days of the academy going on. Uh, yes, sir. And it, 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 it's going to be, you know, we're looking forward to tomorrow. You know, it's going to be like like a real big day for us. Um, but the, the, the website is the Ready Expo, the, the letter XPO.com. And then the, um, the, the, the website to the farm, to, to our land, is sunsetranch.farm. That's sunsetranch.com. Dot F-A-R-M. And um, you can reach me on my personal number at 602-544-6239. So we got a couple more days. Um, I, I, I've been around asking some of the attendees how it's going, and they're just absolutely loving it. You know, uh, most of the instructors that we have are, are, are black, and um, but, but we do have a few Caucasian instructors, and they're doing a damn good job, too, just teaching, you know, things, you know, their expertise. So just a you know like a beautiful experience. All the attendees they loving it. Got some nice food here for everybody. You know, hog free, and uh, it's just beautiful, man. And uh, we were putting a lot of pictures online. And if you, if you go to Gazi Gazi Speaks Muhammad on Facebook, we we, we putting a lot of pictures online. We doing a lot of live some of the classes. Um, next year we're gonna try to do it. No, we're gonna set it up where we can record. Uh, like almost all of it, so we can put it like in, a, in, in, in like a documentary form, you know. But 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 it's so scattered right now, and, you know. And we have so many moving pieces, we can't really pull that off this year. But next year, God willing, our idea is to quadruple the, the, the tent we had this year and to um, document it, you know, more thoroughly as far as video is concerned. But I thank you, brother Rudolph, for what you do, man. And, you know, brother Barry here on deck. He's been a, you know, he's been a phenomenal help to us, man. You know. You know, Big Brother Barry has been, been an amazing help to us, so we appreciate you, brother. Well, brother, like I told you, brother, this is the beginning of a marriage. And we, we, yeah, next year it's going to be phenomenal, and we're going to get started planning next year as soon as you close this one out this year. So yes, sir. Uh, we're looking forward to that. But all roads lead to... Uh, uh, give the name of the of the ranch, ranch again. Listen, uh, say it again. Get, get, give the location where people that, that last minute people can still come and um, yes, and, and partake. Right. Yeah. So, so the location we we like thirty miles west of Atlanta, Georgia, in um, Villa Rica, um, right outside Douglasville. Um, so we're not too far from downtown Atlanta, um, the airport. I mean, 40 minutes from the airport area. And, um, again, you can find more information on, as far as the ranch and location 
at www.sunsetranch.farm, F-A-R-M. And Brother Ghazi. Yes, sir. Brother Ghazi, this is Brother Allah. My apologies, doing, black man. Allah? My apologies, black man, but Brother Nature had different plans. I definitely wanted to be able to uh, 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 support and be at the event and, and check everything out. But, you know, the guard had a little, a little more in plan. He said, you got to be in Florida and meet these people. Oh, yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. But yeah, I'm going to call you offline in a little bit. Okay. Yeah, okay, we, yes, sir. We have to remember. Man plans and Allah plans, and Allah is definitely right. the best of plans. And all things work together for good for those who love Allah. So Allah is the orchestrator of all things, and he is the permitter of all things. So his plan, you know, my, my wife and I, we always joke, uh, and we say, you know, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan for your life. Mm-hmm. You know, so everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing, and they're where they're supposed to be at. And so that's that. That's how it is. So again, thank you, brother Gazi. We appreciate you, brother. And, and like I said, we're gonna keep pumping this thing right up until the last day. We're gonna keep pumping it. Uh, feel free if you need something to reach out to us. All right, and let us know. Um, but we got your back. Brother Yusuf, uh, do you have any uh, questions for Brother Ghazi or anything that you'd like to uh, ask? No questions per se, but I'm just happy, Brother Ghazi, that it's uh, unfolding the way it's unfolding. And you might not be as overwhelmed as you think you are right now in terms of uh, you documenting um, this event these next three days um, because of technology and, and young people would know it better than I maybe there's a way brother that with people's cell phones they can document it by either taking still pictures and forwarding it to uh, your your Facebook website or, or, or page um, you know they have this thing where they say hashtag you know, you might say Ready Expo, and whether it's audio or video, people can send it there. And, you know, it's really no no stress on you per se, but that people will see it from their vantage point and send it in to help you with the documentary. And uh, even with uh, micro recorders, you never know. Some presenters might even have that on their person. And if you ask them to record, their 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 presentations and then forward it to you that might be another way that you can encapsulize uh uh the whole event and it's really you know no more stress on you per se so i just offer that brother and just like brother allah brother and brother rudolph i can't wait to come down there brother whether it's next uh year's annual event or before that and may Allah continue to bless you and your family and all of those who help you to organize the event. Please give Brother Barry the greetings for us. Thank you, Brother Ghazi, for all you do, brother. May Allah continue to bless you, sir. 
Thank you, Brother Yusuf. And now, I know Brother has been holding on patiently um, with everything that's going on. We have our Brother William Muhammad on the line. And um, very appropriately, he's going to speak about a subject, again, that um, we don't generally talk about in our family, in our community. We don't talk about it enough, but it's relevant. It's very relevant, and unfortunately, it rears its ugly head at the most inopportune times, and it becomes an, an embarrassment in one sense for some families and a hell of a burden at a time when families just really don't need that extra burden. And we're talking about insurance. We're talking about people passing away and not having basic last rights or, or, or burial insurance and can't even get your loved one in the ground. And so at, at the same time that you're mourning um, the loss of a loved one, you also have to deal with asking for help just to get them in the ground. That's a hell of a burden to put on people and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it, and again, this is Brother Rudolph talking. Don't attribute this to um, Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness staff or, or, or anything like that. This is Brother Rudolph Muhammad speaking. I think it's a selfish thing for people to not prepare for their death by making sure that there's some type of feet in place to help get them buried, to leave that burden on the people that they say that they love, to have them saddled with the uh, uh, burden of having to put you in the ground and put you away respectively once you got you were living, you didn't think enough of them to prepare for that day by having the necessary insurance in place to make this happen. So, again, that Brother Rudolph talking. You got issues with it? Get at me. Brother William, you on the line? Brother William? William's not on the line, brother. He's not on the line. He's not on the line. You said he he's not? Brother William, press number one. Okay. While while brother we're working William, on, on this. Brother William's not in the studio, brother. Brother, he's not in the studio. I've tried to call him back several times. Um, I don't know what happened, but his call dropped, and he's not on the line at all. Okay. He's not in, in the studio. All right, thank, okay. you, thank you, Brother Forrest. Hey, hey again, this is Awareness for Community Preparedness. We deal with real-time situations, all right? We're not in the conv- in the plushy offices uh, of, of some high-rise uh, corporate building. We out in the fields where things are happening. So we're going to keep it moving, and um, we'll I'm keep trying to raise him. Once again, who, who, you hit on a topic. This is Brother Seven Truth. <laughs> yes, sir. 
Once again, you've hit on a direct topic. Uh, a few years ago, we had the uh, task, me and my wife, her father, who she was a daddy's girl, she actually said, he passed. Yes, sir. She was, she was his uh, power of attorney at the time. Uh, but before all of this, he had pancreatic cancer, and he was able to survive 10 years, longest surviving pancreatic cancer survivor up here in Minnesota. And he never wanted to even talk about dying. So, no, he did not have any of his affairs in order. He didn't even have a specific drawer where, you know, box, safe, anything. There's where my paperwork is to, you know, go through and, you know, everything is right there. He didn't even have that. My wife took weeks looking through all types of paperwork that he had stored up for years looking for some type of insurance. He didn't have any. My wife had to take out 401K. I had to spend checks at that particular time. Also, my wife ended up having to take a month-long week leave of absence. I ended up having to take a three-week leave of absence off the road, and if anyone knows, when the wheels ain't moving, no money is being made. Yes, sir. So we had to really, and we had to start to go fund me, uh, which really didn't get no traction, and it took the the whole will of Allah to help us out to be able not only to give him a memorial here in Minnesota, but also to be able to get him back home to Mississippi to where he could be laid to rest. And that whole burden mainly fell on my wife at that time. So she was not even able to grieve. Yes, sir. Uh, I learned... I learned how to utilize my skill in technology to be able to come up with a tribute video. I was uh, able to firsthand use my artistic skills to become come up with a obituary. A the whole it just fell everything fell in her lap, and that wow. was a tremendous effort for us. I I mean I'd never experienced nothing like that. Where are you going? Wow. Where you going? Right yes, sir, brother. And, and, and unfortunately, brother, that story plays out over yes, and over and over again. Let me get my meal to go. Let me get in the turkey. In our family. Mm-hmm. Man, this is why it's so important that even with our elders, if they won't talk about it, we know it needs to be done. There are ways that we can take, get a policy on them to have it in place, even if we have to pay for it, so that when that eventual day comes, and it's coming, it's not if, it's when. So when that day arrives, part of the burden, it will be lifted off my, Let me mute my phone. And it may be an easier transition for the family of grieving because at least that 
that they can get mommy or daddy or grandma or grandpa or auntie, son, daughter, whoever, brother or sister, in the ground in a respectable fashion. So uh, Brother William sent me a text. What happened is a client walked in his office, and he had to get off the phone. He's dealing with the client, and as soon as he finishes, he's going to call back in so that we can uh, get this information about insurance. All right, uh, Brother Yusuf? Yes, sir, Brother Rudolph, and, and thank you, Brother uh, Seven, two for law for you know, sharing what you had to go through. And it's critically important, again, that we prepare ourselves for our family members as best we can and at least start the conversation. Because like Brother said, his father didn't even want to talk about it, and a lot of people are the same way. As uh, Brother Rudolph had mentioned, this is not unusual. This is more, um, how they say, not exception to the rule, but unfortunately the rule that many of our people don't don't want to talk about, whether it's health insurance, whether it's life insurance, or whether, you know, you live in a particular topography or geography where you know, for instance, in the state of Florida, Florida, that uh, hurricanes come on a regular basis. You know. If you're in California, wildfires on a regular basis, you know that if you're in middle America, Oklahoma, if you will, tornadoes on a regular. And then there's another kind of insurance that you might consider, property insurance, based on where you are. I know when Hurricane Sandy, the eye of the storm, hit Atlantic City, New Jersey, and the, the outskirts of the eye hit New York, and, um, you know, because of the damage, because of too many people not having flood insurance, or they didn't know the, how they say, the small print on their policy, that a matter right. of inches stopped them from getting the benefits, even if they had insurance. And you yes, have to sir. understand that when you talk about disaster. Uh, brothers and sisters, that post-disaster can last up to anywhere from five months to five years. For instance, you have these hurricanes hitting the Gulf more and more now, and I believe there's a tropical storm on its way to Central America right now as we speak, Nicaragua, Honduras, and Venezuela who were also got hit with the remnants of the storms that hit Puerto Rico, hit Florida, back-to-back. Now, because of the topography in Venezuela, Caracas to be more specific, a lot of hills, a lot of mountains where people live on these hills and their mountains, and after the rain and the wind, here comes mudslides where people's whole houses fall into the valley. Now, I don't know what the situation is with them in terms of insurance, but here in America, there's some things to consider. So to prepare for flood, after fire, with flood insurance, uh, again, you know, we can be critical of other agencies, be it FEMA, 
be it Red Cross, be it the Salvation Army, but there are times when we need what they have to offer. And so if you go to, uh, again, right now, FEMA has something. You can go to floodsmart.gov, flood, F-L-O-O-D-S-M-A-R-T, floodsmart.gov. And, again, you can find that on ready.gov of how to prepare for post, during, and, excuse me, pre, during, and post after wildfires, floods, and mud flow. So you can get an update of the landscape as it relates to that. I know our brother also talked about uh, generators earlier, his concern, and again, as was stated, whether or not, depending on where you live, a multi-dwelling, high-rise, multi-dwelling, low-rise, or you're an owner of your own home. You want to consider whether or not you want a built-in generator or a portable generator, which would be better. You might want to consider whether or not you want a uh, gas-operated generator versus a propane tank-operated generator. These are just some of the things you want to know whether or not how much power you need to run whatever it is in your home. And, of course, the essentials, a few lights, your refrigerator if you have a freezer. But, um, you know, as Brother Rudy said earlier, he had a flashlight, flashlights with LED lights and lithium batteries. You, You really want that, you know, because they lose, they use little energy and, are powered, you know, by batteries that last for years. So different levels, different degrees of not only preparedness, different degrees of uh, disaster, as we said earlier, and different degrees of insurance that uh, you may want to look into, whether it's um, going to benefit you health insurance, benefit you life insurance, benefit you before disaster, during a disaster and after a disaster. So uh, thank you, Brother Rudolph. Hopefully Brother William will uh, be able to come on, but he's out there, I believe, in California. And so we thank God that he has a client in his office right now. That's right. You know, that it's a win-win situation for them because he's a subject matter expert in what he does, and it's going to be a win-win situation for those who – uh, are sitting in front of him uh, by God's grace. Let me see. There's something else in terms of a public service announcement I want to get to. Uh, on October 11th at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, there's going to be a focus on the discussion of the current operations, focus around uh, what we've been talking about in terms of I guess this world is calling it uh, Hurricane Ian in the southeastern U.S. and Hurricane Fiona in Puerto Rico. And has actually been a typhoon, what they call Merbok, M-E-R-B-O-K, in Alaska. I don't know if you knew of that. 
if you got that on mainstream media. But on Tuesday, October 11th, FEMA's doing a webinar uh, from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock to, um, to speak on that from their vantage point. Uh, again, if you go to... Oh, Brother William's back. He, he's there back, it brother. Is. brother William. I... Brother William, press the number one, brother. But Forrest, can you call Brother William back now? He just texted me. All right, uh, go, go ahead, brother. You keep, keep, keep going. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, well, in uh, terms uh, of. You know, yep. No, no, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so there was there, there was that webinar on October 11th at 1, and then there's another one uh, on October 13th from 2 o'clock to 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where they talk about these topics, the role of small business administration on the disaster recovery for places of worship and other community nonprofits. They'll talk about eligibility requirements, how to prepare, how houses of worship and private nonprofits may apply for public assistance funding. They'll talk about public assistance mitigation benefits, and they'll talk about public assistance, what they call Category B, and mass care services. Again, if you go to ready.gov and tune into uh, the faith-based uh, Department of Homeland Security, faith-based and neighborhood partnerships, you can go to the uh, previously mentioned uh, webinar that's on October 13th from 2 o'clock to 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then the other one on October 11th focusing on uh, the disasters of Hurricane Ian in the southeastern U.S., Hurricane Fiona on or in Puerto Rico, and the typhoon that hit Murbach in, in Alaska. So just wanted yes, to share that. Thank you, Brother Rudolph, for giving me this opportunity. No, thank you, beloved. Yes, sir, thank you. And, and just to put this out there, brother, um, uh forecasting, we may not even wait till next year to get with Brother Ghazi to plan the next one. We may want to do something in a couple of months, and you're definitely, you need to be at the table for this one because what I'm going to bring is how to start your own EMS system. What I want you to bring is from the fire service side, um, the importance of teaching fire prevention, but then also um, um, teaching people about fire extinguishers, how to use them, when to use them, and, and getting, you know, to get the black firefighters involved so that we can train people. Because people think it's easy to just put out a fire using a fire extinguisher. But if you've never pulled the, that pin out of one and pressed that trigger and heard that, oh, when it comes out, 
you know, it'll scare the hell out of you. <laughs> so um, people need to know they need to practice with this thing. So we need to give, get, get people trained in fire safety also, especially when we're talking about doing, setting up our own little communities out there. Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. To whom do we have the pleasure of speaking, and how may we be of service to you? Well, this is Brother William Muhammad. I'm sorry? This is Brother William Muhammad. Brother William Muhammad. All right, praise be to Allah. Finally, Brother William is on the line. Now, let me say this, Brother William. You're from Harlem, New York, correct? Yes, sir. One, two, seven. It's same name. All right, sir. Sir, sir, so I need you to let the Harlem out of you, and I need you to speak with a a sense of purpose and get to this information. I know you've been on the West Coast for so long, and, you know, you're so relaxed (laughs) and laid back. You know, I, I got right. that. We know that you that you cool, man, but we need you to uh, put your East Coast hat back on, and, and, and we need you to be a, a moving man, okay? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. We can definitely do that. We can definitely do that. <laughs> man, it's so good to uh, to hear everybody from Brother Forrest, Brother Allah, who I've known for 25 years, Brother Rudy, Brother Youssef, man, it's so good to hear you all. Um, it's definitely a, a different set of circumstances out here in the West Coast when it comes to disaster preparedness. We don't have torrential rainstorms here normally. We don't have snowfall like that here. We have earthquakes and extreme heat, you know, so those things are uh, – <laughs> And wildfires, and right now it's uh, we have a you know how you have winter in the East Coast, we have fire season here in the Bay Area, uh, and it, it doesn't do one acre, it doesn't do two acres, it's hundreds and thousands of acres of land, uh, farmland, and all kinds of things that get burned up. So uh, that's what we're in the middle of right now. And they, they, what people don't understand with that is it's a plethora of things that come from that because it's not just the fire, but now you're talking about air quality. So you're talking Absolutely. about medical health conditions now. Absolutely. Uh, um, you Absolutely. Know, so, yeah, yes. And it goes uh, spirals. It goes on and on. So tell us, brother, where insurance is concerned. So since we talk about it, let's talk about that. Fire insurance. Sure. If you buy a house, yes. fire insurance automatically in your policy, or do you have to request it? Same with flood insurance. All right. So let me clarify what a fire policy is. Okay. When you have a home, when you own a home, you are required to have a homeowner's insurance policy. All homeowner's insurance policies, 100% of them are fire policies, 100%. So if you have a mortgage, it is required that you have homeowner's insurance. It's a requirement. You cannot close that loan, okay? So it is a good idea. It's not just a good idea. It's really a mandatory thing that you have it 
So whether you're in the West Coast, the East Coast, down South, you know, in the Midwest, you have to have homeowner's insurance. So it's not necessarily something that you have to request, but you should, and you should look through that policy very, very carefully because there's a lot of uh, addendums, there's a lot of riders that you can add or that you don't necessarily need uh, that will make that the premium or the cost of it on a monthly basis or an annual basis go up or down. So that's, that's absolutely something you should have reviewed, and you should review it once every year to make sure that you're being covered the way that you need to. Life changes. Your life changes. Think about how many people, uh, how many people's lives have changed in the last year, right? Because of COVID, Because of COVID, right? Think about how much somebody was driving before COVID and how much they're, how much they were driving during the the main, uh, the, the, the harshest parts of that pandemic. Most people right. were working from home, and you weren't you weren't you weren't driving as much, so your right. auto insurance should have went down some. But if you're at home, that means there's more liability around the house now, so that may have went up. So these all of these things have uh, some type of correlation with how much it costs or how much you can save. Yes, sir. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, good. It makes a lot of sense. How does a person, an average person, John Q. Public, average Joe, how do they understand the language that these insurance policies are written in? Because it's not English. No, it's definitely, definitely not English. You know, my suggestion would be to go to um, an insurance agent or somebody who is uh, a licensed insurance agent and have a conversation with them and have them to, and say the words, explain it to me like I was a first grader or a third grader. Oh, and they what? should be able to do that. Right. Speak to me like I'm six in the, in the most simple, in the most simple language that you possibly can. And it's not necessarily the insurance agent that you have. I like to uh, offer my clients that may have one or two different types of insurance with me. I would say, well, you know, take this to someone else, and I'm going to explain it to you this way. Now, I want you to go to someone else and compare it. Compare what I'm saying to what they're saying, right? And if it makes sense, then, then you will see that, hey, this is somebody who's being honest and upfront. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to a broker or that you should go to State Farm or you should go to Farmers or you should go to Geico. or you should. I'm not saying any of those things. You need to go to someone that you trust is not going to lie to you. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Understood. So now let's talk about flood insurance because to my understanding – being here in Detroit, I've, I've learned recently, I'm a, I'm a new homeowner, and, you yeah. know, I'm from New York. We rent, man. We rent. And that way when something happens, right. hey, it ain't my issue. You know, that's the landlord issue. Hell, I ain't paying right. rent until you get this fixed. Yeah. It's a totally right. different reality oh, when you are the landlord, when you own sure. the home. So I just realized that there are three different types of flood insurance. That, sure. you know, may, may govern you when you get flood insurance for your home, and you have to know which one 
that you have and which ones you don't have to ask for in order to be covered when there's a flood. So can you talk a little bit about Certainly. that? Absolutely. So really, it, that's kind of, um, it's, a, it's a misconception that there's three different kinds. There's really two different kinds, and the third one is a rider to a fire policy. It's not its own separate okay. thing. It just adds on to the homeowner's insurance that you have, okay? The most okay. prominent flood insurance is the uh, NFIP, which is the National Flood Insurance Program. That's managed by FEMA. And you don't personally decide whether you have to have it or not. That's determined uh, by uh, by where you live. Are you in a flood, a federally recognized flood zone? Everybody's not in a federally recognized flood zone. So that's not something that you would necessarily need. And so people who are near waterways, people who are in low um, in, in uh, low land, low laying land. But if they, right. if they could, Am I real? Put me back in. I'm gonna put Is that me coming? Okay. Uh, Am I, somebody needs to okay. use their line. All right, go ahead. Okay. Okay. So that, oh man, baby, that's all right. So, but that's managed by FEMA, right? And you can only get so much of that. It's designed specifically. Um, Really, really to make sure that it covers a dwelling for losses that are sustained by water damage, specifically due to flooding. Okay? Now, floods, we know they're caused by heavy or prolonged rain, melting slow, uh, melting snow, coastal storm surges, block storm drainage systems, levee failures. You know, those are things that cause floods, Right? And this is right. to protect the dwelling, not your contents, but the physical structure of the home. Okay. It protects the structural integrity of the house. Okay? Okay. Now, that's one thing. Now, if you feel that you need to have some kind of flood insurance and you're not in a, a federally recognized flood zone, maybe they just, maybe it was not. And it is now. Maybe at one time it wasn't a part of a flood zone, but because of time and because of shifts in uh, shifts in water, the rising and, and lowering of uh, coastal lines and uh, river river lines, right, or lakes, you may right. end up in a flood zone that's not necessarily federally recognized yet. Then you get um, your private flood insurance. And that's provided by a private carrier, and they're free to offer as much or as little as they want to. All companies don't have this. There's probably 40 insurance companies that will carry a private uh, flood insurance. Okay? It works the same exact way. It's there to protect the structural integrity of the property, but not your personal items. Those things are covered by your fire policy, okay? Now, the last one, which people, some people uh, are told that it's its own separate policy, but really it's a rider to a fire policy, which is called backup of sewer or drain. 
Now, right. when your <laughs> when your sump pump over you know does not work and your basement floods, or your toilet overflows, or somebody left the bathroom tub on too long, or um, there's a problem in the sewer line underneath your house. Uh, as a new homeowner, Brother Rudolph, you know, when you're driving down the street and you you see the, uh, I don't know what the, energy, what the water company is there or the sewer company here is there, but in the uh, Bay Area we have this thing called East Bay Mud, and they'll have a, a backhoe out there, and they have part of the street cut out in front of a person's residence. Have you seen that before? Yes, sir. Okay. That is not on (laughs) that utility company. That is on the homeowner. So what happens is when you have trees or you have some kind of plants that are near your home, those roots, (laughs) the roots are moving, right? They're growing and they're expanding. And they don't, they don't stop because there's an old piece of concrete there. It can uproot even some of those old iron pipes. It can uproot even uh, those concrete um, pipes, right? And it will cause yeah. your, your yard to start flooding with sewage. This particular type of rider to, uh, to that policy, the backup of sewer or drain, that is what that is for the damage that is caused by that. And that will be anywhere between 5 and 15% of what your dwelling coverage is on a homeowner's insurance. Okay? All right, so, so you have to specifically ask for it. You have to specifically ask for it. And if they don't, because every place does not, uh, does not have it, right, you need to find a place that does have it. Okay. 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 Now, another thing that I want to explain, even if you are not a homeowner, let's say you're renting a home, okay, or you're renting an apartment and you have these issues, when things back up in your apartment, well, it may cause some damage to your personal items. That backup of sewer and drain rider will help replace some of those things that were damaged uh, by the negligence of uh, whoever is renting there, right? So you want to have that in place. Most renter's insurance is anywhere between $10 and $25 a month, so it's fairly reasonable, but it will give you anywhere between $25 and $50,000 worth of um worth of coverage should something go wrong. And it will also give a person, uh, most of them will, let's say, God forbid, there's a fire or there's some, uh, some catastrophic thing happens and you're displaced. Well, most renter's insurance will give you a certain, a, lo- a certain amount of money to find a place to live for up to two years while your place is being repaired. Wow. Wow. Right? Right. So that little 10 to $25 a month, it goes a long, long way. Right? It goes a long way. What we want to do is mitigate losses, right? You know, we talk about disaster preparedness. Well, if you don't, if your home catches on fire and you don't have a place to live, that's a disaster. 
That's a disaster. Right? So, so we got to find a way to mitigate those losses. So this is a way. I'm not saying it's the only way, but it is a way that you can mitigate the issues that come from it. Another thing that I want to address, you know, fairly quickly, and I hope I'm not boring anybody or um, no, everybody can understand. Well, okay, good. Okay, good. So well, another thing, your um, fire policy works in tandem. It works in tandem with other policies. They all work together, right? So let's say you're out shopping, right, for a grandbaby, okay, and you buy all of this stuff, and somebody breaks into your car, tear the steering column up, take your car somewhere, they find it two days later, and everything is gone out of it. Your, your car insurance covers the damage done to the vehicle. Your renter's insurance or your fire insurance covers the things that were stolen out of the vehicle. Fire policies cover your personal items anywhere in the world. So it could be a storage. You could be overseas. You know, you could be in Mexico. You could be in France. You can be in Portugal. You can be in uh, the Dominican Republic. And somebody steals your Rolex. They steal your laptop. They steal your renter's insurance covers those things. Your homeowner's insurance covers those things. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. If you have things in a storage, it covers those things that were in the storage because they're your personal items anywhere in the world. Okay. All right. Okay. So that, mean, that just means that you as the uh, – I think you just need to have good records and just document what you have and and, and, Absolutely. and, and, and yeah, and just have good documentation, even to eat family, even take pictures of the stuff that you have, write down serial Absolutely. numbers, keep it in a log and make, Absolutely. make numerous copies of it so that you have, if you don't have at least three copies of documentation, you won't have any documentation. Certainly. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank Absolute. you, Brother William. Man. One. Okay. Well, One. now let's move on to this. Uh, final, let's talk about burial insurance or final expense insurance. Sure. 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 Um, final expense policies or burial policies, you know, really it's a fancy name to say it's a small whole life policy. Okay. Uh, they range okay. anywhere between 10. It depends on your state that you live in. California, right. uh, it's a $10,000 uh, policy, which is not going to get you very much. It'll get you in a hole in the ground, right? Right. Um, but uh, there are there is legislation that was just passed in the state of California where they're going to allow a second policy to be able to, uh, to be able to be added to that. Which will give you okay. a total of twenty five thousand, so that you're going to be able to be buried with some type of dignity. Now, this is a whole life policy, right? And in most places, you can only have one of these. In most states, in New York, they don't really truly have life insurance. They have what is called a life annuity, 
which right. grows at a, a, a slightly faster rate than what a traditional whole life policy would do. But uh, other places they have, it's really just a, a small whole life policy, which means that it does grow in value and cash value, and it also grows in death benefit, right? So uh, this is a good policy specifically for those who are over the age of uh, 50. Okay. You don't have to have a physical exam. You don't have to have your analysis. You don't have to have blood work. You know, it's usually issued the same exact day unless there are major health issues. Uh, but if your um, if your health report comes back where there are some major issues, you may be declined for this, and we'll have to go about okay. insuring you a different way, which is, which is possible. Okay, okay? Uh, but we're going to you know an insurance company, an underwriter is going to say, hey. I see some things here that are going to cause us, you know, cause you not to be eligible for insurance, you know, a major disease, you know, uh, you already okay. have had uh, maybe like a cancer or, and there's policies that are built specifically for that. But okay. if your, your right. blood pressure is a little bit on the high side, you know, you're not quite eating right you know, or you, you really just don't want to have blood work, you don't want to have urine work done, this is a good way to get something in place. Now, it's, is it the best thing? No, absolutely not, right? But it might be the best thing for you. Whoever the insurance um, agent is that's working with you should build a policy around you specifically and your specific budget and your specific needs. So there are no cookie-cutter policies. You need to sit no. down one-on-one -on -one and go through the nuts Absolutely. and bolts of your life and have a, a, a policy tailored to you. Absolutely. Um, okay. I'm happy to, to, you know, and most of the time it will be a free consultation. And it's okay for you to get two or three different ideas, but there are – so many different life insurance policies. They all work a little bit differently, but the bottom line is you don't want to put, you don't want to put a burden on those around you should, God forbid, something happen to you unexpectedly. Right. Okay. I was telling someone the other day that GoFundMe is not insurance it's not life insurance you know you know right? and, and, and that, that reminds me of what brother gazi has on the, their website where it says um winging it is not a, a plan yeah right <laughs> right right yeah right so we don't want to wing it we don't want to leave you know a burden you know i have and you can have more than one insurance policy you can have more than one life insurance policy I personally have more than one. I have more okay. than one for my son. Some right. are there to leave a legacy, and some are truly a financial investment for me. Okay. 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 We're going to put a pin in it right there. Give okay. your information so people can reach you if they need to reach you. And Absolutely. we need to reschedule. Because we're over the mark now. We need to reschedule okay. so that you can yeah. come back 
and talk about some specific policies for specific groups of people. Absolutely. So thank you so much again for your time and attention. My name is William Muhammad, spelled M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. I can be reached at 510-776-0722. Again, that phone number is 510-776. Wait a minute. I forgot my phone number, Brother Rudolph. <laughs> so it's an 0722. Man, it's Friday, my brother. That's because you won't call yourself, brother. Right. 510-776-0722. I can be reached by email at kyfoi, the number one, at gmail.com. Say that again. Give the email again. Which is kyfoi. The number one at gmail.com. Thank you, Brother William. Listen, I'm going to call you as, as soon as the show goes off. I, I'm going to reach out to you so we can talk about something. Gotcha. But we need to get you Absolutely. back on. Um, check your schedule, and we'll talk offline and get you back on so we can uh, go further into this. And this is what I want to do. Brother, I want you to set some time aside, and we'll figure out what it is once a month. That you can Absolutely. And we can have this talk about insurance across the Absolutely. board with I'm, the family. Once a month. I'm happy to do it. Right. I'm happy to do it. And you got it. You absolutely got it. Thank you so much for uh, your time and the opportunity to share what I have learned over the last few years uh, with, your, with your beautiful audience. Uh, I love everybody on this phone. Everybody, everybody that got to speak today, I love you all dearly and cannot wait to see you all. And happy Savior's Day. Yes, sir. Happy without Savior's that man, Day none of us would well. even know each other. Yes, sir. Right. Awesome yes, sir. Thank you, Brother William. Love you, brother. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. We'll love you later. back. Yes, sir. All right, well, Waalaikum Salaam. We're, we're over the time. We want to thank our engineers buying us as much time as they could but um, you know it's time to go It's the, the, that's it for this week as Porky Pig used to say on Looney Tunes that's all folks so thank you we appreciate you all for giving us your time and next week same time same place may Allah bless you with a safe week Assalamualaikum I can I
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.